0: Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. Let's read this together, starting in verse 23. It says, again, I say, Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Paul's there. (laughs) Anybody been on social media this week? Enough said. Okay, 24. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn this truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Let's go, Lord, in prayer and invite God to speak to us. Lord, I thank you for your word that is so timely. Sometimes, Lord, it like blows my mind when I read through your word, and I'm like, that so applies to where we're at right now. And so I thank you. I thank you that your word is living and active. I thank you, Lord, that it applies to everyday living. And I thank you, Lord, that today you're gonna speak to us and help us understand how to walk, how to love, how to forgive, how to heal, how to walk all this out in Jesus for people that may even be angry with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you got that listening guide, the first thing I want to point out is he's talking about here. He says don't quarrel with others. Don't get in these these conversations that move from conversation to fights with others. Now, the word quarrel is actually a military word. It was taken from a term quarreling such as a skirmish. And it's implying not a discussion. He's not saying don't debate. He's not saying don't discuss or disagree he's saying don't get in a fight over these silly foolish arguments now what what comes up to a silly foolish argument well you fill in the blank right there's so much that we can argue about today so much as preferences so much as personality so much as history so much as where we're at in our theology our beliefs about life about how kids should be raised about parenting about Marriage, there's so much that we can get involved in and we can get angry and we can hurt people. We can say bad things. We can crush their hopes and their spirits. And yet, as we look at this, he's telling us, don't even get involved in those. Just stay back from that. Now, if we do that, if we don't get involved in, the, in quarreling, what is our role? Do we just stay silent? Do we just not respond to anybody when they're saying ugly things, evil things, lies? Do we just stay quiet and keep our beliefs and values to ourselves? I would say no. That's what Scripture would say. Let's look at what he says here. Second thing, point two, be kind and gently instruct naysayers. This is the instruction Paul is given to Timothy. He says, we must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Now, let's start with that word everyone. Okay, those watching online, who's everyone? Those that are here, who does everyone include? Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? Okay, well, let's actually spell that out. Does that include KKK members? Does that include Black Lives Matter members? Does that include fill in the blank? How about Republicans? How about Democrats? How about Libertarians? How about Muslims? How about Hindus? How about Baptists? How about Pentecostals? How about atheists? When he says everyone, this is really deep. It's everyone. And so we're to respond with kindness to everyone. Now, think about that. How do you see people responding on social media? See a lot of personal attacks. See a lot of people going for the jugular quick in their comments and the way they're addressing social issues and moral issues of the day. I'm really disturbed by what seems to be a trend of people trying to monetize values. Here's what I mean. I I see people going on social media trying to gain followers by stirring up more anger and then calling themselves Christians or pastors or whatever while they're going in to stir up anger and stir up division instead of to show kindness. And I just want to take this passage, and I want to to read it to them and say, how do the words that you just said to those people on that on-the-street interview display kindness? Now, there are some out there that are doing a great job of stirring up the question with the goal of instructing gently. And that's what he says to do, Right? But then there's some that I think are just trying to light the fire so they get more likes and they can get more money for monetizing their opinions and get more popular. Now, I, I don't have the ability to know who's who or what's what in the sense that I don't know these people in their heart. But I know this. If you watch it and everybody goes, wow, they're not very nice, are they? They're not matching up to 2 Timothy 2 too. Okay? And then I know for you and I, we, call, we are called to match up to the Word of God. So how can I disagree with somebody completely and still be kind and instruct them gently? Some of you are like me. My wife would describe me as a bull in a china shop sometimes. Like I see something and I'm like, I am on it. I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to tell people what I think. And then the scripture says this, and then the Holy Spirit's nudging me, going, Whoa, 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 young man, whoa. And it's, it's a hard thing to walk out. Disagreeing with strongly at the very core of your faith, and yet loving completely and showing kindness as you instruct. It's not for the faint of heart. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why when Christ saves us, he puts the Holy Spirit inside of us to give us the strength and the ability to show kindness even to those that we completely and utterly disagree with at the very core. Timothy would have had those people in his life. He served in a city that had sin like we don't even have in Cookville. Had sin at such levels that would make us want to throw up. He had opposition. Paul had opposition. He had been beaten. He'd been left for dead. He'd been imprisoned. And Paul's counsel was to show kindness and instruct gently. So I think if Paul, who's been through all that, could do that, then you and I, we could do the same thing in the midst of opposition. Now, he says... Be kind to everyone, able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Difficult people. Everybody, close your eyes for a second. Just close your eyes. And when I say the word difficult person in your life, who pops in your mind? You got an image there? Okay, open your eyes. There's your assignment. How do, how do you love them well? How do you show kindness to that bully? or that co-worker that's a backstabber, or that family member that's betrayed you a million times, or that that friend that stole your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband and wife. Now we're getting close, aren't we? How do you do that? Well, he says to be patient with difficult people. Now, I want to backtrack just a little bit he doesn't say, be quiet. What does he say in the next verse, 25? Gently instruct those people who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Gently instruct them. Let me say to those, some, some of us get upset and embarrassed that there are people out there screaming and yelling and being mean as they try to put their point across. I don't appreciate when that happens. But at the same time, as Paul's calling those folks out for not being kind, he's also calling those out that are being silent. If you think that you need to be quiet about your values, if you think you need to be quiet about the Word of God when everybody else is dogging on God or dogging on the Word of God or dogging on truth, And if you think by being silent, it'll just keep the peace, you are mistaken. It'll just fuel the lies. Somebody's got to speak truth. Now, as a pastor, I get asked questions all the time about where I'm at on social issues in the culture today. And a lot of times people just want, want me to say something that they can just rail on. And I've had to learn how to be kind. But I've learned that my answer is, is very simple. Well, it's not important what I think. It's important what the Bible says. So let's go to the Bible. And, and if you don't like what it says, then just read it. And, and maybe we interpret something a little bit different. But for the most part, it's clear on most of the big things. And so if you don't like what it says, that's between you and Jesus. He's big enough to handle that. I'm just going to point you to what the Word of God says. And then you got to wrestle with how that messes with your heart and the way you're living. That's instructing them gently. Instructing them gently is not yelling at them, calling them names, slurs, insults, going after their personal character. That's not gently. Gently is, I hear what you're saying, but I respectfully disagree. I'd like to share with you what the Word of God says because that is where truth comes from. And it's amazing when I do that, people, a lot of times, they'll actually pause and like, well, what does it say? And I say, well, let's read it. And we read it, and they may not always agree, but I found that if I can keep my calm and instruct them gently, at the very least, they walk away going, huh, that was interesting because they're used to volatile Conversation, especially if they're bringing the volatileness, is that a word? Got an English major, volatility? Anyway, if they're bringing the attitude, there we go. If they're bringing the attitude, then it's, it's surprising to them that we don't respond with that attitude. Be kind and gently instruct. James 119 puts it real simple. He says, You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I want you to say that out loud. Let's just read this together twice. Ready? You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. One more time. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. That's pretty good wisdom, isn't it? You see, we got to listen... Because point three says, our goal is to deliver others from Satan's trap. That's our goal. If your goal is to win the argument, you will lose the relationship. If that's your goal, is just to make sure somebody else hears what you have to say and know that they're wrong, you'll lose that relationship. Your goal is to point them to the love of Jesus Christ, the grace, the forgiveness, the mercy, the truth, the judgment, and the salvation. Your goal is to point to him, and we must seek to deliver others from Satan's traps. Now, here's what he says specifically in verse 26. He says, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Now, here's what I've realized. Sometimes I see other people as the enemy. Sometimes because of the way they treat me, I get mad and I think they're the problem. And yet Paul takes the personality away from it and says, listen, these people that are opposing you, they are trapped. They're they're trapped by their sin. They're trapped by the devil. He has a hold on them. And our attitude towards them should not be anger and vengeance our anger towards them should be to want to rescue them from the trap that they're in. I mean, think about it. You ever see those big bear traps that you know you see in the movies and stuff that the, the bad guys always step in and they, they're trapped in those big bear things? Now, if if a good if if somebody wasn't trying to kill you, you know, was was trapped in one of those, surely you'd want to rescue them from the trap. And if they're yelling at you and cussing at you because you're not getting there fast enough, you'll probably even be a little bit compassionate and go, well, they're in a little bit of pain. But here's what you got to realize. People in this world, they're in pain. And if they are being ugly towards you, there's a good chance that they're in pain. I have a phrase that I use that reminds me how to treat people when they're ugly towards me. Hurt people, hurt people. You ever heard that? If you hadn't heard that, write that down. Hurt people, hurt people. If you have somebody at work that is constantly trying to hurt you, they've been hurt deeply in their past. If you have somebody in your family that is constantly just uh, speaking ugly and unkind and mean things to their family, there's something in that past. There is a deep wound that is there that they have not gotten victory over. They are in a trap of the enemy. And our heart should be to set them free That should be our goal, is to be able to see Christ rescue them and free them. That's why we have ministry called Restored here, helping people get set free from their addictions. So many times when we work with people with addictions, whatever that addiction may be, we find it's because of hurt in their past. And Satan uses that hurt, and he puts a clamp on their legs, and he's got them in a trap, and they are chained to that trap, and they don't know how to get out of that trap, and they're responding in anger towards you and I or others around them and us responding in anger and insults does not help set them free. Now, just this week, I've had three, three different opportunities to, to see people express what's called church hurt. You ever heard of church hurt? It's a phrase going around right now. It's the, the idea that they were in a church and someone in the church hurt them, and therefore they don't want anything to do with church anymore. Let me just warn you, if you are in a church for any length of time, you will experience church hurt. Because what you need to understand, this is a hospital, and there are people that are broken in here just like me. And sometime or another, they may not follow what Jesus talked about, kindness, and respond in a way that can bring hurt into your life. And you need to know that's not Jesus. Okay? That's man or woman failing in their faith. But Christ loves them just as much. I've had my share of church hurt. I've been hurt by a pastor, betrayed by a pastor. I've been betrayed by a Sunday school teacher, by a deacon. I mean, I've had some pretty deep wounds. And every time the Holy Spirit keeps saying the same thing, Steve, remember, that's not me. That's not me. And if I put my wall up, and say, well, that's the way Christians are, then what does that do? That builds bitterness in my heart. And some of you are there today. Listen, some of you have real church hurt. And I've learned when I start talking to people when they say, well, I don't like the church. I hate the church. It's because they've had real church hurt. My mom, when I was growing up, she was an atheist. And she told me she didn't believe in God. I never knew why when I was a kid, but she'd just tell me there was no God. She wasn't gonna take me to church and then, uh, my friends would take me to church, and, and then as I got older, I got saved, and I began to ask her, why was it that she was so angry against God in church? You know she told me? all started when she was a little kid. Her family was four. There were 13 of them growing up in the house, sharecroppers. She said, we didn't have money for new clothes. We barely had clothes that, that fit. We all got hand-me-downs. And a friend of mine invited me to church and all the kids made fun of me because I had poor kids' clothes and I never wanted to go back again. Something so simple, but so painful as a child. Chances are in this room, online, you've had something happen to you where you put trust in somebody that was a Christian and they failed you. You put trust in a church and it failed you. And I'm sorry. It happens. It it does. I, I wish it didn't, but you look at the New Testament, guess what? It happened in the early church too because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's why our faith has to be in Christ and him setting us free. That's why we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord because, listen, I know kids that, man, they've been wrecked by their parents who... Them to church all their lives, and then all of a sudden, mom or dad walked away from God, and they they're like, wait a minute, you told me this was all true. What about now? Listen, the word of God is true. No matter what happens, Christ will never fail you, but people will. But we want to help deliver people from that hurt. That's why we want to have the healthiest church with the most, I had somebody say today, they they were just encouraging me because I share my failures and my struggles and how Christ brings me through that. Listen, I I do that because I know how hard it is to make it and keep my eyes on Jesus and not on myself. And I know you have the same struggle, but I want you to know in Christ, we can have victory. In Christ, we can... We can be set free from these chains of the enemy. So what do you do for those folks that oppose you? You pray. You you pray, you, you speak truth, you gently instruct, you show kindness. You seek to restore them in the kingdom of God. That's what Galatians 6 tells us. Galatians 6, 1 through 3, if you want to flip over there, it's further back in the What's in, well, in the New Testament? Gee, it's actually closer up in the New Testament. This is Paul writing Galatians 6 1 through 3. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. And be careful not to fall in the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. That's a great statement, isn't it? You're not that important. What's he saying? He's saying, look, brothers and sisters, when you see someone failing, Don't stay silent. Come alongside them and help carry their burden and say, hey, is everything okay? Is there something I can be praying for you about? Is there something I can walk with you through? Is there something I can encourage you with? Listen, you do not have to be a pastor. Matter of fact, it may be better that you're not most of the time, because I think people see the help coming more from the Lord when you're not a pastor than when you are a pastor. I think many times they think, well, that's, that's your job. You're supposed to care. You're supposed to check on me. You're supposed to do these things. So when it's other believers in your life that are checking on you and praying for you and encouraging you, is that not refreshing? So therefore, we must do this for others. As Christians, we must not shoot our wounded. We must care for them, nurture them, and help restore them to healthy relationships. And sometimes if they're wounded, they may say harsh things. And listen, those of you that are parents, you know this. It's hard when your kid starts rebelling against what you've taught them all their life, right? One of my sons, I remember, (laughs) I don't know, maybe 14 years old, and he just started coming in and telling us he didn't believe in God anymore. And uh, my wife was kind of freaking out. I was like, baby, listen, we got to let him go through this. He's got to discover faith for himself. We've got to love, we've got to pray, we got to gently instruct. And and we would say, well, tell us why. And I just would listen. And you know, there's, there's a lot of opinions out there why God is not real. There's a lot of opinions why there is no truth. There's a lot of opinions that it's all just how we feel and what makes us happy and and our teenagers are getting bombarded with this from all areas, and parents oftentimes you and the church are the only ones that are saying that's not true, and that's why it's so important that we stand firm and that we gently instruct one another and that you have your kids coming together to worship with others. We just sent uh, a boatload of kids to passion camp this last week where they went and heard the word of God and were encouraged and and surrounded by thousands of high school students so they know they're not the only ones. And they see the hope, and they see that they too can be set free. So for each one of us here today, I want to challenge you to get set free, to find the freedom and the forgiveness and the grace of God. If you're struggling, help us restore you. Help us to come alongside you. If it's addictions, we have the restored ministry. We're gonna, you'll see a video later on about a marriage ministry called Reengage that's been so effective in rescuing so many marriages that have been in trouble in our church. If it's faith, plug into one of our life groups. Come see us in the, uh, let us know. Check the box on the cards. There's a card there that you, you have in the seat in front of you. Check the box that you want somebody to talk to. Let us help. Listen, we all need help at some time in our life. I think pride is the biggest hindrance to spiritual growth because we we think that everybody's looking at us going, oh, they can't handle it themselves and judging. No, we're looking at it going like, hey, we can't handle it all the time ourselves either. You need to seek someone that can help you. And so I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We're going to give you an invitation this morning. During this time, it's a, it's a response time. It's the time when if the Lord has been nudging you and, and whispering to you to say, hey, I, I want to respond to this. It could be that you're under conviction that maybe you've been a real pill to people and not been loving them well, and you need to ask forgiveness from God. Just, you can do that in your seat where you're standing. But it may be that when I ask, who is it that you know that's a difficult person, that that name that pops in front of your face, you have not asked forgiveness for hating them, or you have not dealt with that, you just suppressed it, and you may need to just come and pray for them today. Greatest victory you'll have is when you can begin to pray for those that have hurt you deeply. And that's what this this, uh, stage up here has the names of so many people that we're praying for, that God would rescue them from the grip of Satan, and that they would find freedom. So if there's somebody that's on your mind, I invite you to come put their name up here and just pray over them and you can pray over the other names. And so if you come over here to the right side, we that that's a private spot where it's just you and God, okay? So nobody will come pray with you. But over here, if you want someone to pray with you, to my right, there's a place where you just come and you as you kneel, someone will come and just say, how can I pray for you? And you just tell them whatever you're walking through and they'll pray with you about whatever that is. And in the back to my left, there's a prayer room and we've got a couple back there that if you just need to express your church hurt, if you just need to share how you've been in, been hurt by family or friends or other believers, and you just need somebody to pray with you to, to get through that, that's what that room is for, just so they can pray with you in that moment. And it's all confidential. And then I'll be down front. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, we'd love to help you make that step today. I'd love to just pray with you and help you understand that Jesus Christ came not to give you a bunch of rules and regulations. He came to set you free from what Satan has bound you up in. As Ethan plays, y'all come. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com or you can download our app, in the app or google play store again we just want to say thank you for listening and we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love god love people and impact the world